Hello, everyone, and welcome to my very first live podcast. This is my green screen. Um, welcome to that 80s child, the Generation Y, and my name is Gabrielle. I figured I'd give this a try. I don't mind li uh, doing lives. I wanted to have a, like a really cool background and stuff, hence the green screen. But because my desk is downstairs, it's going to be a little difficult because I have my closet that's right there. So until I can figure stuff out, I was going to have like cool like um, things popping up over here. But, you know, cut me a break. I got stuff to do. <laughs> uh, so this is what you get. Um, Alright, so this episode we're talking about Teenage Angst and the Diary episode. So, we all were teenagers once, and if anybody's watching this that isn't a teenager, then stop watching, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure we all had like a form of a diary or a journal, I never really liked the word diary, but... Um, yeah, so we have, when we were in uh, grade school, we had our ups and downs, I'm sure, and we were all going through puberty between, what, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, so we were having a lot of stuff that was going on, and if you listen to any of my other podcasts, I go extensively into um, music and bullies, and bully, like I was very... I was highly bullied in school. This is the reason why lives aren't the greatest thing in the world, because I can't edit it. Um, but I never really had a way of, or I never thought I had a way of kind of getting all of that negativity and things that were happening to me uh, out in some way. Uh, I never really acted out aggressively. I was pretty, like, I was pretty tame as a teenager, to be honest, but when I did get into high school, um, I started to um, write when I was 13. So um, when I got into high school, I had, there was a lot of like emotional things that were going on um, between me not feeling like uh, a person that could uh, be in a relationship that would understand that, uh, home life, even though my home life was alright. If you hear my dogs, my apologies. It's just the way it is. I can't, I can't control, um, every single thing from them. But, um, so, uh, so there was a lot of angstiness going on in that, but I didn't have, it wasn't an issue when it came to, like, I wasn't, you know, getting into trouble. I wasn't, like, getting arrested or anything like that. I wasn't doing drugs. I know some, you know, that has happened and continues to happen. Uh, so I turned to music and I turned to writing. So that's where your diary or journal, and it says journal, okay? So we're going to go with journal, but I put diary on there. Um, and also poetry. I did. So if you read any of my blogs, I talk extensively about poetry and how that helped me a lot to get through certain ideas of what I what was meant to be um what was meant to be uh, like what what I was supposed to be at the time so like you had I went to a catholic school there was a small selection of 
like a handful of kids that you didn't really have the largest selection. So if you didn't fit into a very small niche, then you kind of were kind of out to, I don't know, to just to pasture, I guess. You were on your own. And you made your own stuff. So when I, I needed to write it down because I really didn't have, like, I had friends, but I didn't have, like, really close friends in high school that to the point where I felt I could talk to them. I talked to my mom a lot. Um, she helped me a lot with figuring out, like, where my thoughts were coming from, where... um but you didn't really have sorry I'm just making sure you can hear me um so I just uh it's it's sad now because I don't really have my mom now because I'm you know even though I'm 40 years old I still have emotional things that I deal with on a regular basis and it would be nice to to kind of like associate you know talk to her about it but you know it's kind of hard now so um I didn't really have, like, somebody my own age to discuss this with. So I went to journaling. I don't know, this is, like, a green uh, writing. There we go. So this is March 6, 1999. I, uh, if you can't see it, because you might be listening, because I will just be uploading the um, audio to my uh, website and all the other podcast areas, um, I just showed you, like, a... A journal entry from uh, March 6, 1999. It was in green writing. It was hard to see. But anyway, um, I had a tendency to be, I wanted to be deep. I wanted to be creative. And I wanted to uh, kind of make it to the point where if somebody was reading this that wasn't me, they would be like, what is she talking about? And it's true because I even read it and I'm like, what? what is, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> so... It was a couple of days after my birthday, and I I was given this journal by my my half brother and the family, so um, which is very nice. And obviously, I used it. <laughs> and I'll just give you a little blurb. I'm not going to go into every single like um, thing in here, but just you know, nostalgia is like how we viewed that life at the time. So in 1999, for me, I was going through a point where I had lost a lot of weight and I was feeling a little bit better about myself, but my self-esteem was still very low and there weren't the people who I was going to school with were the people I went to school with for, for decades at that point, um, and even the people who were new for high school at the time were just, you know, you, like I said, it was a slim pickings. But regardless, it, none of them actually um, showed any interest in me. So I just was like, well, going to be alone for the rest of my life. Here we go. So in this, I was, okay, it says, another year older, Sweet 16, they had it properly named. I often wonder why they call it Sweet 16. And I was exploring 
I like, I've always liked psych, uh, psychology and psychological things and, you know, understanding why people do what they do. And, and it was a lot to do with like, why did I feel the way I felt? Why did I act the way I acted? And, um, at the time we did have the internet so you could research it, but it wasn't as expansive or as fast as it is now. So, and I've also, you know, and now I have a minor in psychology. So it's just like, I, always enjoyed it so in my writing I always explored those questions that I would always ask but in this I felt it was satire but um it's just like now most girls are no longer here I don't know what I'm allowed to say on YouTube so I'm not gonna or have off themselves have a a kid already or in uh, or in psychiatric help sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and wonder if any of these things pertain to me, which, well, I didn't have a kid at that time, so obviously that one wasn't on there, and I was still alive, so that didn't pertain to me. But like I said, I was, I was weird, okay? So maybe it was because I was weird, I didn't have any friends. <laughs> so, or I made myself weird because I'm like, you know what? Screw the rest of you. I'm going to be me, and you're, you know, if you don't like who that is, then so be it. You already don't like me, so I'll give you reasons not to like me. I think that's kind of where my my headspace was at the time. And uh, so yeah, I said like I have, but I have so many people telling me I look great and raising my spirits. How could I go and disappoint them? So that's when I I was losing a lot of weight. I was always like on the heftier side in school, and like I wasn't like obese. I just was not a stick figure. Like a lot of the girls that I went to school were, with, I had more meat on my bones. But you know what? I, I kind of wish I was that weight now. So, um, but I had like I had starved myself, and I was kind of um, uh, exercising with my mom, like going out and walking. And she always she had like tons of different um, uh, exercise equipment, you know, from like the 1980s height of like in-home exercising so I pretty much was working with that <laughs> and uh, like the ski machine uh the rowing machine uh what was the other one it was this like weird we had a bike for a little while I don't we had a manual um treadmill so you it wasn't electronic like you had to like walk and make it to go Oh, no. There was like this other thing that I can't remember what it was called, but I would use that too. And oh, and the stair climber. That was the other thing. So um, I did I did a lot of stuff with my mom who was in Weight Watchers and and out of Weight Watchers and stuff like that. And um, also just not eating, which was not a good way of doing it. So um, but I was getting attention from people and saying, like, you you look awesome, you know, and the people that were my friends, you know, you should, you know, you work it and all that, whatever the heck they, I don't know. But um, so I f was feeling a little bit better about myself, and I was talking to somebody. And I was fairly naive when it came to uh, relationships and stuff like that when it, when, because I didn't really think of it, because like I said, I was, bullied so horribly I never really thought of myself other than just like this passing thing that sat in the same room as these people but not um to be looked at in any other way than just like a wallflower just 
scenery. So I never really um, explored that or even tried. And then there were I, a couple of people I talked to, but it was it really didn't um, come out to anything, you know, in, at least for in school. So uh, and then some of the stuff that you write about, and I don't know if you guys for when you were in uh, like school, I know that everybody would be writing notes to each other, passing notes, which now you have text messaging, so much easier, um, about relationships or like who's talking to who, who wants to hang out. And you either had to deal with the school, uh, your parents, or your partner, whoever you were with, their parents and like it every just everything just seemed unfair like you were fighting against something it was authority of some sort or just wanting to just buck the system and I you know I don't know if it's just because of the way my parents raised me and I'm not saying that they did it any better than anybody else it was just maybe perhaps just you know my dad was very old school because he was a lot older and um you know we we got hit, uh, and we were made to be afraid of him in a sense of like, you know, you better stay in order or you're, that's it, you're out. And um, I am not paying attention to chat, so not that anybody's listening, but uh, I think this is going, is okay. Okay, so anyway, uh but I never really care, I never really wanted to be out doing anything I was a homebody I liked to stay home so all of my angst came from uh being kind of like alone and not kind of I was all I had was I had my my little brother and then I had my mom and I had my dad and that was it and like I did have friends but I didn't hang out I didn't go to parties I didn't date and it was just like meh you know so all that angsty bit was just like all this pent-up emotion of like wanting to do these things but at the same time not wanting to because it was just not me to do it and then getting jealous of the girls who were having like relationships and um just people that I just felt all right you want somebody to care about you but I swear when I would see these these people together, I swear it was just for like um, face value. It was just for show. It was just a show. (laughs) It's like, oh, they're together, everybody, you know, and it's just like it is literally like one of those teen movies. And I I swear I lived one of them. And I'm just sitting there like, is, is this really happening? Like, do I have to start throwing flowers or something and laying things down for you as you walk and parade yourself by? So... I I wasn't better, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I used my journaling, I used my poetry, which I have, uh, I'm reticent to show this book because it, my, my son, um, when he was little, really liked to eat cardboard and stuff, and this was one of them, so if you can see it, it's like the edges are like eaten off of this, but this was my book that, my book number two, I don't know where the book number one is, but I have like... Just to give you some titles. Actually, I'll go from here because these are the originals. I've recopied them all down. Um, And in this binder, this beautiful binder, 
um, has all of my my um, my original uh, poems, which for my oh my god my hair I just I want it to be like looking kind of semi okay and I should have just been like are you comfortable <laughs> anyway um, I wanted to do something on my blog that had to do with like showing showcasing some of the original my original poems but that's not where I'm going to do it now but just to give you titles of them uh, dreams you can get a gist of where I was going um, sadness the sold soul uh, the picture locked shut in so I mean come on uh, the world look no further waiting mentally not here within this mind the beginning nothing lasts forever silent cry caged my haven so just to give you like an idea I um rose colored glasses escape <laughs> so it you can tell where I was coming from just by that and the journals echo that and it was not so much of like the angsty bit of like I just want to go out and party I just want to be able to drink or I want to do things without authority um you know your typical angsty bit my angst was and I'm saying that there are other people that are out there I'm not one special but it was that I felt isolated and that not just where I was but I was isolated in a, in the sense of not having uh, anybody around at school or outside of school because people who went to school they had friends from other schools and I often wondered like in my naive brain was just like how did they know how did they find them like it was in the neighborhood they went out and you know I lived on a farm and there was a few and far between people but there were kids around and I did talk to like my cross the street neighbors but they so happened to go to the same school as me, different grades. Other than that, it was really not anybody else. And I didn't go further than my property line. So it was just like the people who went to the to the school. All right, so I went to St. Joe's in Hamilton. And then there was like I lived in Nesco area right outside of Hamilton. And they had Molica Township School. I didn't talk to anybody from there. Or I didn't talk to anybody from Oakcrest. <clears throat> which all Molica, usually Molica would go to Oakcrest. I don't know. But it, I didn't talk to those people. I didn't know who these people were until my brother went to that school afterwards. And it was just like, they live here? <laughs> they had kids? Um, so I was a shy, I was a shy person. And talking to new people is difficult even now for me. But I'm a lot better with it because there's a there's a facade that you, I think each of us puts up, almost like an armor. Um, just to, or I'll give you all of these uh, like uh, scenarios. It's either armor, a facade, or a mask, or something like that that we put on for you know certain situations. So like when you're home, you're home, you're you for the most part, unless 
you know, you can't be you at home, which I'm sorry if you have, if you have to deal with that. I kind of know. Um, when you're at work, you're a different, you know, you're kind of different when it comes to like talking to your coworkers, talking to a friend coworker, talking to your boss or higher ups and, and things like that. So like it, it's just that way. But I, when I was younger, I didn't want to talk to anybody, like no one. Don't talk to me. I don't know who you are. Stranger danger, you know. So I wasn't like going out and looking for other people to share things with. And it was just me. So when we got the Internet uh, back in 96. Now, granted, in 96, it was dial up. Yes. And it was slow dial up and the Internet was. Not brand spanking new, but it was new for like in homes and things like that. So it would take forever for something to load. So you were, it was, it was a novelty. And when they did eventually, like when you had AOL and you had Instant Messenger and you had all the chat rooms and stuff like that, that's where I talked to people. I talked to people in other countries, which I thought was awesome. And but dangerous if you think about it now, because at that time it was just like, yeah, sky's the limit. Talk to whoever. But again, stranger danger. Uh, There were pervs out there. There still are pervs out there. And I did run into people that were like that. I had a person who like found out where I lived and I had to be like block this part. Like I had to figure out how to like whatever I was able to do at the time. And uh, I opened myself up to a lot of weird stuff. But um I was able to be somebody else because everybody that I talked to in school had known me majority of my life. So what whatever preconceived notion they had of who I was and whatever bullying had happened or whatever was being made fun of me at the time was just they it clouded to find out anything more about me. So I really couldn't get beyond that stone barrier that they gave me as a persona. So I just was like, well, fine, I'm done with you. I'll uh, I'll go online and I'll find somebody in Turkey, which I did. I actually talked to somebody in Turkey. Very nice guy. Uh, but uh, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, so I talked to, like, people and the ones that weren't weirdos, which were few and far between, unfortunately, because, you know, I swear to God, it just flocked the weirdos or I just happened to find them. I don't know. But ones that I found that were legitimate people who were just trying to be like, hey, what's it like over there or whatever, um, I, you know, had some really awesome conversations with. And I liked that. I thought that was great. I didn't have to meet them in person. I was behind a screen. And it was, I felt safe to me. And I didn't have to be like, I could be me. But I also could be like a little bit more assertive me rather than the shy individual that was awkward and really couldn't uh, get beyond that. And, you know, they didn't know anything about me. So I could not that I'm saying I lied. I didn't lie about who I was. It was just more of like who I wanted to be in real life. IRL. (laughs) So, uh but I still felt like when I got off the when I got off and I shut my computer off, I was alone again. There was nobody around. It was just my mom. It was just my brother. And then when my dad passed away at my senior year of high school, it was just like a downward spiral because I just didn't have any type of foundation. 
I didn't have any some anybody to like fall back on to be like, what do I do? Especially like, you know, if my mom was my confidant and she just lost her husband, regardless of whatever the relationship may may or may not have been, and it, you know, at that time it was all right. Um, she wasn't going to be like I had to be there to support her. So there was really no one to support me. And then my brother also got a really short end of that stick because he was 11 and, you know, never really had anybody to really, you know, I tried, but I'm his sister. So, you know, who wants to listen to their older sister or older sibling, you know, whatever. Um, But I digress. So I was I was an angsty teen. There was a lot of emotional issues there that I still to this day uh, am working out and trying to figure what the heck I'm supposed to be doing in this life. Um, Emotionally speaking, like I think a lot of us have, we grow every, you know, as, well, I would hope we all grow, but I know people who don't and just are stuck, you know, good, bad, or otherwise. But um, we all, you know, are searching to be, calm, confident individuals that, you know, we have a vision for ourselves and sometimes we mold ourselves uh, in a way that we can, you know, be like, you know what, I'm cool with this. And then there's sometimes it takes a long time. And I know that the way I handled it was I wrote it down. And that is why I, you know... When I moved from my the farm that I was there for almost 30 years, which was only five years ago, I moved away from there. It was devastating to me. And everything that I kind of knew and and felt comfortable with, regardless of the state that that house was in by the time we left, because it was falling apart because we could not afford to keep, you know, keep up with it. Everything I knew in that bubble just popped and everything came crashing down so it was a very 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 tumultuous um couple of years i feel a lot better now um I'm, I'm back in the swing with everything that's why i started up the podcast i started my blog and everything else because i'm like you know what i've got a lot of stuff inside doesn't matter what roof i have over my head just as long as i have a roof over my head but i can do this and and writing as it always has been has been at the center of it so as well, how is this nostalgic? It's nostalgic for me, so I can all like if you have the same same um situation that you might have lived, then I hope to like have that connection, otherwise, like at least you know all right, so uh I remember like I was you know that's why I brought in the computer, so that's nostalgic a o l instant messenger, all that stuff, just trying to like there's that we all used it. And we used it for different things. And for me, it was just that outlet to get away from what I was stuck in. And I was stuck at that place for a very long time. And maybe it was for the better of me and the rest of us that, you know, my family, my son, and, uh, you know, that we left because it was like quicksand. It was, it, it got you and then you got stuck there. And as much as I didn't want to leave because it was a beautiful place if we could afford to fix everything and a lot of space, which I, if you, I miss my, I miss the space. 
I'm like, I can look out my window right over, right over there, and I'm looking in somebody's, in somebody's kitchen. I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't know how you people do this. I don't know how people do this. The people who live there, how do you do this? <laughs> I just, I can't. Um, yeah. So, uh, I don't know how, how long have I been on here. I don't know how long I've been on here. Uh, it says 56 minutes, but I had started, I had started my, I made sure that I had this up. I had my OBS up. I had my green screen up. I was, I was prepared. Um, made sure I put mom to bed and it was like, I'm actually doing pretty good. I started on time. Uh, so I already have my next, uh, podcast recorded because I'm trying to pre-record them so that because like what happened last time with the with the second season was that I had I was recording them as the, the week that I was supposed to have them out I was recording them like a day or two before editing them making sure everything was okay putting it up having a uh, the cover an explanation you know like a little description a little blip and I was doing all of that and I was I was getting um like burnt out by it and and the end of the year cuz I'm going to like when when this uh season ends I'm going to do another season come like October I want to say let's see 4 yeah about October so that it'll it'll end with the end of the year um but I will warn you that uh, this time of year, I don't get sad, quote unquote, as in like the seasonal, um, seasonal disorder, whatever that is, that you, I'm not sad because it's like dark out in winter. I love the winter. It's my favorite time of year, fall, winter, love it. Um, it's just that I, it, I get a little, uh, so I guess maybe I do get sad, but it's not to do with the light and stuff. It's just because my dad passed away right after Thanksgiving. I have not been able to recreate a Christmas from the 1980s, 1990s, and I'm very sad about that, okay? So uh, I have to, like, make sure that I'm doing what I'm doing now with, like, pre-recording stuff so that I'm not, you know, pushing it on me when I'm not in the mood because then you can hear it. You know, like, I think that was one of the ones I had recorded, and you could hear, like, I'm like, and here we are talking about the 90s. And it's just like nobody nobody wants to hear that. Have some enthusiasm to what you're talking about. Like if you don't have that passion of what you're talking about, people will know. So if you don't feel it, don't do it. So I didn't. Um, but, yeah, so teenage angst, I, there's a reason for it. It's definitely like you're exploring your emotions. And... It doesn't matter when you are going through this. Now, in the 90s, maybe it was, we want to say, like, we had the best time. And, yes, maybe we did. I don't know. Like, maybe for you it might have been better. I didn't have the greatest teenage years. But I do still look at it fondly. I still find it to be nostalgic and in a good way because I remember, I remember bad things. But I remember a lot of good things that I enjoy and I take pleasure in. But... Um, I want to, I don't know if it would actually be the same for the current generation, like the Gen Z's, 
and how they would view that now because of all of the connectivity and everything being so fast and did they even actually know what they felt like because of all that information that's being poured into them was that your were they your feelings or was it because that's what everybody else was saying i don't know food for thought i guess but um i have a teenager so i mean he's definitely He's not as angsty as I was. He is homeschooled, so he doesn't have to deal with all the other baloney that I had to deal with. There are downfalls to that. He is very he is a very clingy kid. Um, I know that he depends on me a lot more than I think a 16-year-old who isn't homeschooled or isn't like consistently home with his mom. And I know I probably baby him a little bit, and I apologize. I'm sorry, Bryce. I'm sorry. I'm horrible. <laughs> but... Um, he's not, he, believe me, he has his moments and he gets angry at stupid little things, which is what teenagers do. And I expect that I will tell him that he's being irrational, (laughs) but it doesn't matter. And I know I will give him concessions for it. I will still get angry back at him, but, um, and I will tell him, I'm like, you do not talk to me like that. I am your mother. But um, at the same time, like, and then I had to, like, walk out of the room, just kind of laugh. I'm like, yeah, I know the feeling, man. But he was, I, he's definitely not as bad as I was. I had really bad mood swings. Being a girl, I think that also kind of, um, you know, that is also on top of it. So I can't, I, I mean, it's, I'm not saying one is worse than the other, but having, you know, having your time of the month as well as going through teenage teenagerdom is just a freaking nightmare. So, uh um yeah. I was I had really bad mood swings, really bad. And uh I can't say that I don't have mood swings now. <laughs> but um not like the way that they were and I would get like horrible migraines as well. So I'm not going wood. I'm like pretty good right now. So, trying to try and tr- remain serene and chill. It's difficult. Um, But I highly suggest that if you have a teenager, uh, if you are a teenager and you're listening to this because maybe you are cool with, like, the 80s and 90s and wanting to hear, like, my ridiculousness talking, um, and you're going through some, like, moments of emotional, emotionalness and, like, trauma or whatever you want to... Trauma or drama. uh, Writing. Write it down. You know how, like, I don't know if anybody's ever said this now, but if you, they, they say, like, when you're angry and you want to, like, get it out, they tell you to write it down on a piece of toilet paper and then, like, flush it down the toilet to just get it out. It's kind of the same concept. And if nobody ever says it to you, write it down on a piece of toilet paper and flush it down the toilet if that's what you want to do. <laughs> um, but writing your emotions, even if it doesn't make sense, writing down how you're feeling why you're feeling, like, what has happened before that made you feel this way. You don't even have to know why it makes you feel that way. You just write, this happened, this is how I feel. And then if you go back and you, like, analyze it later when you're calm and collected, even if it's, like, two years later or five years later or when you're when you're in middle age, <laughs> um, you can analyze that and you can say, you know what, here's a correlation to what made me this way. And what made, you know, what I was cool with thereafter. 
I look at it now, and it's just like I've actually only just made the correlation while I was talking to you um, how how alone I was and how isolated just by the titles of my poems. Journaling is good. You don't have to go into poetry writing. I'm not saying that. But just write it down. I think I think it's the best medicine that you could possibly do. And talk to people if you can, if you have somebody to talk to. I had my mom. If you don't have your parents, if you have a best friend, but not there are friends, there are best friends, and there are like these friends that are your friends, but they also don't help. I hope you would be able to differentiate. But when you're talking about something as deep and as dark as an angsty teen emotion. You need to have somebody who's there who understands that you don't even need to get their opinion. You could just have somebody there as a sounding board that you're just like flowing it all out there. And I think that's why when we are, as we are, the, our, our Gen Ys are so nostalgic is because there was a lot more one-on-one talking, not like through a text message, not through a DM, not through a TikTok video, not through Snapchat. It was a face-to-face majority of the time or over the, over the telephone. And I think that connection isn't there as much. So maybe the kids aren't seeing the connection of people who they can talk to. I don't know. That's just my opinion. And you can take that for whatever it's worth. It's really not worth much of anything. But... Uh, So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this live. I'm only going to be doing two other ones. One of them will be with my son, who is going to be in witness protection, quote, unquote, so you won't see him. Um, And uh, But the next one I have already recorded, and that's going to be about 90s fantasy movies. So check that out next Monday. This episode will be up on my website if you missed this live. We'll be up on the website tomorrow. I have to, you know, I got to like get the recording. I've got to take out the audio and I've got to edit it. Well, I'm not going to edit it because this was live. I'm just going to leave it as messed up sounding as it was. The only thing I will edit is like I did have the recording that it does have has um, the first half hour of me leaving it sitting there. So I could just press go live because I'm like, I'm ready for this. And I just have to press a button and I'm wearing my uh, Pac-Man shirt to, you know. Oh, right. That's the other thing. I got, um, I don't know if anybody remembers this. And if you're listening to the podcast, I have, um, and I'll take a picture of it, a Pac-Man 2 handheld two-player Pac-Man game. And it's from 1981. That's the, that's the, um date that it came out however i played this when i was little so this is an 80s thing not so much a 90s not teenage angsty but i did find this it was at a toy it was at um it's like it's like a toy store but it's like it was a like an everything type of store but i saw it in underneath like this tiger electronic thing like i think it was a basketball thing and i'm like oh my god and my son's with me and i'm like bryce i think that i think that's it and he's like, what? And I'm like, I think that's the Pac-Man game that I've been looking for. Because I had it. I don't know where it was. I don't know where it went. But let's see if I can turn this on. So the up arrow doesn't work very well. 
But I used to, this was my jam back then. I played this all the time. Sitting on the sofa, I think there's a picture of me playing it, or at least there's a picture of it sitting on the end table. But I'm so happy to have found this. Pac-Man 2, two-player. Uh, the second player is actually, um, plays the ghost. So you're trying to, you know, if you're Pac-Man trying to get away from it, if you're the ghost trying to get Pac-Man, blah, blah, blah. So, or you can just do one player and just play your traditional Pac-Man. But, yeah. I was just, I, I meant to, I'd be like, oh my god, I gotta show you. It's like show and tell. <laughs> All that should be something to talk about. I I actually hated show and tell. and it's, The reason being is because having stand up in front of people. But otherwise, I thought it was cool what people would bring in. And for the most part, I, um, anything that was my dad was fascinating to me. And I, I don't know if it was fascinating to the other people because my dad was in World War II. He was older. He had all this information, all this stuff, all this old things. And I'm like, I want to show everything because it's history. But no one really, I don't know if anybody really cared. But I thought it was interesting. So there. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me if you did join me. If not, you will. I will have this up tomorrow at the latest Wednesday. I've got a lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, I was having, like, a breakdown earlier. Like, there's just so much going on. But anyway, I'm good. So thank you so much for joining me on my first live. This is not going to be a constant. I think I like recording it like a regular podcast. But, you know, having this sprinkled in here and there, I thought that would be a different thing. Um, All this setup is a pain in my butt, so I like being able to just sit and record. And it doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter if the dogs are barking because I can just stop and then I can be like, shut the F up and then and then um, edit it out later. So but this is cool. You know, it's something. And it's better when it's live, when you have like a back and forth with someone. That's why I think when I have my son on, it would be a nice back and forth and it would be more interesting than just me. This is like a vlog rather than a podcast, but this will be uploaded. So I hope you enjoyed my teenage angstiness when I was younger and my ridiculous way of writing things in 1999. Uh, So thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you all. Um, Check out my blog. Check out this podcast on www.gabriellecataldi.com. It's linked in the description below. Please like and subscribe. I will be doing other vlogs. Um, once I get that up to date, otherwise these podcasts will also, I'm going to upload my other podcast onto here and I just have to do a, like a picture that will sit for wherever, however long the podcast is. So it's just, that's simple. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this, uh, the diary episode, episode two, and I have three already done. Yay. Yay for me. Well, have a good night. Thank you for joining me. And I'm going to go sit in the living room now and probably play the PlayStation. I don't know what, though. Okay. (laughs) Have a good night. And this is Gabrielle with That 80s Child, The Generation Y. Have a good evening. Bye.